0: Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard, up and into them, right from the start of the game. Gotta
1: get up, come on, they gotta feel us, they gotta feel us, they gotta get into them, let's go. The name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the fucking job done. Because you know why? Because when, when we play good, they send the goes right to this table and talk to the a hero. When we f*** it up, I'm the one that got it. See the to from your mouth shot, jerk. See that? That's your IQ, buddy. Zero defensively, defensively, just by taking the ball away. We didn't take the ball away enough tonight. Hey, we make a couple more shots. Mm. Our, our, our record's different. We get a couple. Welcome to shots. the Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Prez. Fellas, what's good?
2: Man, I can't call it DC. A-Dub, what's the good word, bruh? I'm all good over here,
0: Prez. What's happening with you, fellas?
2: Man, it's been a minute, man. Long weekend. Uh, Man, I don't even know what to think of this work week. It's been nuts. I'm happy to be part of y'all, though. I had this to look forward to. Work has sucked
0: lately. <laughs> I've been swamped lately, my brothers. Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: Me, I'm in dad mode with kids going back to school. So, you know, fully immersed in first and second day-ness.
2: So let me ask you about that, DC, because I don't know about that, and especially during this pandemic time. So do the kids, they got to wear masks in school? Like, let's talk to us real quick. What's going on with
1: that? Yeah, my kids have to wear masks. They have some emergency masks, you know, just in case they lose one. The teacher has a stash of masks. So far, so good. Seems like at least the school that my kids go to uh, has it figured out, has it organized pretty good. But it's just an adjustment because my kids went e-learning all last year. So getting back into the swing of in-person is just my adjustment. Are they excited? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Son is in first grade, daughter's in fourth. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting time. Takes me back to those days, man, in the 90s. Totally different time then, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited for them. These
2: are some strange times for kids to try to learn. And I'm just happy that your kids can have some sort of sense of normalcy. I hope everything just remains safe, you know, because there's a lot of people out here that are not taking precautions in their homes. And I just worry about other kids, you know, having to be and uh, have to interact with other kids that in their households. Maybe parents aren't, you know, taking precautions. So it just kind of concerns me a little bit when I hear about the little ones, man.
0: Oh, wow. a good point there, man.
2: Let's get into the show. So, audience, as always. This podcast is brought to you by Crave It. Please join us on our exclusive community. That application is available on Apple and Android applications. Fellas, the first bit of business I want to get into on the show today is over the weekend. U of I, I I-L-L. They knocked off Nebraska, 30 to 22. Fellas, talk to them.
0: Hey, good win for Illinois. Hey, Prez, I was kind of excited, man, about the defense They came out there rocking and rolling, man. Kicked it off and did their thing. I definitely liked the special teams when they got that safety they got there, man. I thought that was cool. Then the defense kind of like picked it up and kept them in the game. And before you know, by the fourth quarter hit, man, the game pretty much is out of reach. They was pretty much up, what, at one to point, 30-9. So I would just say, man, they came rocking and rolling, baby. Well,
2: I will say this. I was a little nervous there because I was like, okay, that game got a little too close for my comfort. But you were right. They was up uh, a little bit. But one of the things about that game that really was interested to see. So Brandon Peters, the quarterback transfer from Michigan, he got hurt early on in the game. And I thought when he got hurt, I was like, oh, man, we're fucked. But the backup quarterback came in there, man, and he did his thing, man. So I, w- I was really happy to see U of I get a win. They struggled the last couple of years under Lovey, So hopefully they're ushering in a new uh, era here at, down at uh, Champaign.
1: Good team effort. And like you said, Prez, Sikowski came in there and just kept things steady for him. So, yeah, hopefully this is going to be a great season for Illini football.
2: Yes, sir. And I, I, I don't know how long Peters is going to be out, but I'll tell you one thing. If they game plan the same way they did against Nebraska going forward, I think they'll be okay because that kid, he made the plays that he had to, but they ran the ball. And, and Illinois, they got a shit ton of running backs on that team. I'm like, they kept having <laughs> a different guy in that backfield. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Okay. Another first down. I'm like, okay, I can ride with this shit.
0: Right. You had Epstein, Love, man. They said the guys out there, brother. But I like you guys played with well, Sikowski, he came out and played very well, Perez. You got to give it to that kid, man. To come as a backup in a big game, first game at that, you would think you'd see a lot of jitters. He came in poised, made some good, accurate throws. And then the running backs, they came in did their part too, Perez. So you're right, man. That list of running backs goes on, man. These guys is out there cooking.
1: You got to give the Illinois fans something to cheer for this year. So I know how it is down there. I spent some time down there personally myself. So this is off to a good start.
2: It really is, man. I got one quick story to tell the listeners before we move on to uh, the next part of the show. For me, I'm a huge U of I fan. I've mentioned that before. DC's attended school down in Champaign. So we have that here. So we definitely bleed that blue and orange, but I was at the game where U of I knocked off Wisconsin two years ago and we stormed the field. And I'm telling you, man, I want things to get back to that type of vibe there on that campus, because if you get that team playing well again, think about the vibe that was going on with U of I basketball. That orange crush was out there deep as hell. And I know that they're just waiting for an opportunity to be like that for the football team again. So hopefully Brett Bielema can
0: get these guys back where they need to get to. Man press, he has a chance. I think this could be that year. You never know, right? But they continue working hard, man, putting the work in and doing what they're doing right now. Hey,
1: this could be a magical year. And I just want to plug my guy, Pierre Thomas. I went to <laughs> high school with that man. So I know I know what a line night football can be, because he had it electric down there when I was down. There. So
2: how did I know was- that was coming? I'll tell you one thing. So I remember Pierre from back in the day. We actually locked horns playing football. That guy, he could play. I lit his ass up one time, though. So, Pierre, if you're listening to this, remember what Perez did. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers. I know he do, because I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love playing against some suburban boys. <laughs> Man, speaking of lighting somebody up. What would you guys think about that uh, Jake Paul and, and and Woodley fight that happened on Sunday night? Now, I'm, a, I'm just going to say this before I kick this over to you guys. I can't believe I got sucked into another one of these fucking pay-per-view events. I'm going to have to buy some stock or something in one of these companies because I'm telling they've been getting my money all during this pandemic, guys. But I'm going to kick it over to you guys. But I just can't believe I got sucked in again. another $70.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thrilled about the fight at all, really. I mean, the first couple rounds didn't go so well. It was kind of boring the first couple rounds. Then they started throwing, you know, getting a little more activity the third, fourth round. And you saw Jake kind of, like, get stumbled a little bit out there in that fourth round. So, to me, I wasn't too thrilled about the fight. You know, two guys who really can't box. But, yeah, I wasn't too excited about it.
1: I'm not fooled by this new age entertainment, this gimmick. Because think about it. It's a boxing gimmick. And me being the pro wrestling fan that I am, I know a gimmick when I see one. So I you will listen, you have seen it since you was a kid. Right. I've I've seen it. Vince McMahon might as well have scripted this. Because what I'm saying here is with Jake Paul, it's a brilliant marketing strategy. So I hats off to his camp for the whole Paul family, Logan, Jake. Um, and they're taking this sport seriously. So they're they're putting in the work, you know, they're training. Same with Woodley, man. He's been a professional at, you know, uh mixed martial arts. So what I'm what I'm saying here is that. They're attracting a new audience. Because us, we grew up with real boxing, I would say. But all this is more of a new age entertainment twist on boxing.
2: Yeah, hey, you being nice as fuck shit, man. I can't
0: stand <laughs> it, bro. I can't stand it. <laughs> Me, the press, I do not like it at all, man. I know I was a fan for watching some of the old boxers fight, you know, when I saw Roy and Tyson fight. I was cool with that because they are really real boxers who now, you know, past their prime. But we're seeing guys now who don't even box at all, Perez, and these guys are stepping into the ring and trying to do something. And you're right, it's more of an entertainment kind of standpoint, but it's like, man, they're really hurting boxing, really, because I like the real guys who put the work in, who really know what they're doing, who've been doing what they've been doing for years, from Dan and Burf, right, and boxing in the ring. And now we have these celebrities coming in now, trying to take over and earn some dollars, and in a way, kind of make boxing look bad a little bit.
2: Well, you know why it is. It's because boxing has been dead. When we talked about Tyson and a lot of these heavy hitters when Floyd left, well, when that happened, it opened and left a void. And so, right. when that, that void right now is being filled by your, your Paul brothers, I mean, Logan Paul fought fucking well, I'm, and I put that in air quotes, he wrestled with Floyd Mayweather in that exhibition. <laughs> and again, right, we're talking about entertainment. And that's why I'm pissed at myself because I keep getting sucked into this shit because I want so bad to see prize fighting that I'm paying $70 for this weirdo shit like it's weird bro like this dude at the end of the fight is over here talking about you if you tattoo my name on your body i'll give you a rematch what the fuck is this shit bro
0: (laughs) what are we doing and the thing is friends is the fight entertaining it's not an entertaining fight i'm okay with being entertained right these two guys out there festing slow festing to get out knocking each other around i get it but these guys are just waiting right waiting it's not an entertaining fight so for me, that's what really gets under my skin. It's like, you guys want to fight, but you're not giving us a show. Dude, outside
2: right. of that fourth round where Woodley actually, like, threw punches, that was the only round that he threw punches, by the way. Right. I, don't what he, I don't know what he was doing. They didn't even need to give him no gloves because he just sat there running around
0: the ring after after Paul. I'm like, throw a punch, bro. What is you doing? Man, look like he ready to grapple for it, as you ask me. <laughs> he ready to get back in the MMA ring, man. So I wasn't too thrilled about that part. You're right. It was like a really one of those slow, slow pace fights where you're like, okay, make something happen, guys. Do something. Throw a punch or something, you know? And they were really reluctant to do that. So you had Jake Paul kind of like running around the ring press, throwing a jab here and there. So it wasn't a lot of activity that make you excited to watch something like this.
1: I want a T-shirt that says, do something, John. You just brought it up. Do <laughs> something.
2: <laughs> Second John Q reference on this podcast. I think we just got that ketchup sprinkle that went in. I love that, DC. <laughs> right (laughs) it just just happened organically there but the one thing i was gonna say though when i was when i was looking at this fight my biggest takeaway and the thing that kept me entertained was watching dave Chappelle go ape shit in the stands did y'all see that dave
0: Chappelle was yelling and woodley do it for the culture (laughs)
1: shit shit
0: Wow, wow, wow. That's more exciting than watching the fight, friends. You're right. That's the most exciting you probably really got at that fight other than Jake Paul kind of like hitting the ring a little bit, right? Through the ropes. Other than that, man, you got these, the fans really making it entertaining or at least trying to.
1: Yeah, whatever this, this broken off segment of boxing is, you know, I don't think it has uh, quite a name for it yet, but it's his own niche. I'm more entertained by the celebrity commentary. Like when Snoop did it, before, you know, that was entertaining. You know, like you mentioned, Chappelle Perez, like that, that's more entertaining to me, but let's just get some real boxers in there with right. some celebrity commentators. I feel like that would probably spice up the sport of boxing a little bit.
2: Yeah, because uh, Snoop did make that Nate Robinson-Paul fight uh, jump off, I mean, because his commentary was awesome. <laughs> it yeah, was
0: awesome. it was awesome when that Tyson fight, too, with Tyson fighting against Roy, I mean, his commentary made it exciting as well in that fight. I'm like, Snoop, you got to another career, man.
2: I uh, Didn't he sign
0: a deal with Triller?
2: I thought that he, they signed him to a deal to commentate. thought that's what I saw. Wouldn't shock us anyway, because uh, the guys do a pretty good job at that. I think the last thing I have, just when I think about Woodley in this situation, he got a nice little payday for this thing. So did Paul. But at the end, man, when he was up there begging for a rematch, I thought that was a bad look, man. You got to have a little bit more pride, brother. Come on now. Remember
0: <laughs> who you are. <laughs> know, know your worth there, Woodley. My God. Yeah, man, I'm with you, Prez. The guy's like, I'll, "I'll, I'll tack to your name on my body, man, for that rematch." And they shaking on it at that. I'm like, "Wow, really? Ah, not this serious, my brother. Not this serious." I'm sorry. I ain't no check big enough that had no damn man's name on my body. I'm
2: sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No sir, no sir. I'm with you. You can call me as toxic as you want, listeners. I don't care. It ain't happening. <laughs> I'm with you there, my brother.
1: <laughs>
2: well, speaking of toxic, man, I gotta just go in real quick. So, Pac-Man Jones. Now, we all know he's had a pretty solid NFL career, but he's he's known more for some of his off-the-field stuff. Obviously, getting into fights and just crazy shit, the strip club incident. So when I think of him, that's what I think of. So he has some comments that he made on a podcast, and he basically said that he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Listeners, as you guys know, there's been no kickoff returner, no special teams punt returner-type player that's been elected to the Hall of Fame. So he says he
0: belongs in the Hall of Fame, and he said that he's better than Hester. To hear that blasphemous stuff come out of his mouth by saying he's a better special teams player than Devin Hester is insane, Perez. He got touchdowns, some nice yardage, and punt return. I I get Pac-Man that. But we're talking about Devin Hester. Kickoff return and punt return, Perez. This guy's like the GOAT of that. We had guys afraid to kick it to Devin Hester, man. That's how impactful he was. So to compare yourself to Devin Hester, I think you went a little bit too far there. Maybe you probably want to get some more views on that on, on that um, podcast you were doing, but man, I think you went too far by using Devin Hester.
1: And I found an interesting tweet from 363 weeks ago. We're talking all the way back in 2014. But <laughs> Devin Hester, he basically, put, he put some respect on Pac-Man Jones' name, but, but pretty much said, look, I can't compare myself to him. He's like he don't even have as many returns as I do. And then Pacman Jones, pretty much, you know, trying to plead his case all the way back then, saying, "Hey, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. You know, you're not a better returner. You know, you only played 40 more games. You only got 100 more touches than me. Come on, man, give it a break. We all know Devin Hester is a is a goat, if not the goat at that position. So Pac-Man Jones, you good, but chill out. No, he definitely needs to chill out.
2: And all I'm gonna say is this: Devin Hester. You are ridiculous. Pac-Man Jones, you're just a clown. If you look at the numbers, and I'm going to just tell the audience, you go online, you can do the side-by-side comparison that D.C. was talking about. Devin Hester had almost double the punt return attempts that Pac-Man Jones had in his career. Devin Hester almost had double the kickoff returns. And Devin Hester had 20 touchdowns on special teams in his career. 20. Pac-Man Jones had five. So you want to say you better than Devin Hester? Man, come on, bro. I know you be smoking good, Pac-Man. And I ain't even going to hate on you, bro. But, man, just put that shit
0: down, man, when you're doing these podcasts. Just put that shit down, bro. Put it down. <laughs> Absolutely. You put that down big time, friends, because you're right. There's no comparison here, man. Like I said, this dude probably wanted to get some people involved to hear him out, you know, you finally got a stage to where he can speak, you know, and then he got to use somebody to get some more people involved to understand or listen to him, right? And what, why not using Devin Hester's name, right? This is a guy that everyone knows who done some great stuff in the last 20 years when it comes to special teams. Devin Hester, his name rings bells, right, when you talk about special teams. So, of course, Pac-Man want to throw that name out there. I get it, but come on now. You're going too far, my brother. You're going too far.
1: That's just like J.R. Smith comparing himself to Michael Jordan. Mm. Mm. JR yeah. is great in his own right, but nowhere near the player. Hmm.
2: I see where you went there. JR Smith, he don't even belong in the same court as Mike, if I'm
0: being honest. So it's a good point, man. Good point. But a three-time all-pro, man, versus I think Pac-Man probably was a one-time all-pro. I give him that his accolades and that part of it. And I give him accolades as being a DB, Perez, even though he was a little crazy. But come on, man. This special team thing is way out of his league when you start talking about a Devin Hester. That's where I'm at with it.
2: Well, some would argue, A-Dub, that you got to be a little bit crazy to play football, but I'll digress on that. But I will say that to finish that off, I think this is kind of the point that DC was making when we were talking about the Willey-Paul fight. It's, everybody right now is just doing so much stuff trying to chase clout. Everything's for like shock value and entertainment. Like, we got to get off of that stuff, man. We all saw you play, bro. We know what it was. You don't have to now that you retired and now you're trying to get your name back into the headlines. And right. now you're going to try to ride Devin Hester's wave. Devin Hester ain't worried about you.
0: Devin Hester's somewhere doing another points back commercial. He ain't tripping on you, bro. Leave him alone. But one oh, thing I will say, Sorry. is... I want my hand what Devin Hester has to say in return to that. Like, look, really, dude, I want to give us a one little line or something right there to shut this dude up.
1: I just want to see Devin Hester with a T-shirt that's got all his stats head-to-head with Pac-Man. That's all he got to say. Word, <laughs> just let the numbers speak for themselves.
2: You know how he really gets back at this dude? When Devin Hester gets inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2022 and he's standing up there at Canton getting that jacket, And he lets everybody know that he was the greatest special teams player of all time. That'll shut Pac-Man Jones up. As simple as that, Perez. And drop the mic. (laughs) And just walk off. Yes, sir. Speaking of dropping the mic, fellas, what did y'all think about Zach Levine teaming up with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul?
1: Ugh. Honestly, it makes too much sense. And here's why. Lonzo Ball is already a client of Clutch Sports. Yep. I can't see a world in which this front office with Arturis, Karnasivis, and Mark Eversley working out that deal. Now, I get it. It's under investigation. But they worked out that deal, and they worked quite well with Clutch Sports to get it done. I can't see a world in which they let Zach Levine go. Clutch Sports wants Zach and Lonzo together. So I feel like this is only going to help facilitate a good deal for Zach Levine and a fair deal for the Chicago Bulls franchise.
0: DC, you make an interesting point. And I think Zach wants this move because I think Zach wants the bag. Yeah. I think Zach realized that his last contract that he's making with the Bulls compared to these others, right? That's out there making some big money. He's like, you know what? I think I can make a little bit more. I think I can make more than what I made before. And, Getting with these guys, Rich Paul, and, and them. Hey, look, this can be the the right move to make to maximize on that and get the max dollars I can possibly get from the Chicago Bulls. Well, keep in mind, fellas, when Zach Levine got
2: re upped the Bulls made him go out there and get an offer sheet, and they didn't give him the max. So, Aw, I think that's a really good point because you know, if Rich Paul's gonna do anything, he gonna show us his, his client the bag. Unless it's No's Noel, which
0: he totally, <laughs> he totally got fucked over working with Rich. Paul. <laughs> he is pissed right now. Is he suing him? <laughs> yeah, he sued his ass, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he made that man turn down a 70 million dollar contract and he told him you are a hundred million dollar man. And then he turned around and signed a one-year deal for like five million.
0: <laughs> man, <laughs> that's a slap in the face right there, boy. Lose that kind of money. Yeah, he's suing the shit out of him. But but back to the Zach Levine piece,
2: DC, I get what you're going with that because you're right. That Lonzo Ball piece there, very important to think about. And it also seems that Eversley has really good connections. He's a former Nike guy. So he gets shit done. So I, I feel like we should be okay here. If it was the old uh, regime, I would have had a concern with uh, with Levine signing with Clutch Sports. The only reason I just bristled at it is just anything to do with clutch, and I just immediately think of LeBron, and I don't know, man. Just sometimes just doesn't sit too well with me. But <laughs> hey, man, these guys are running the fucking basketball empire over there, man. So shit, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it to them, right? You gotta give it to them, man. And Riz Paul is doing a hell of a great
0: job with his clients, except for Nerlens Noel. Except for him, right? Except for him,
1: <laughs> man. Prez, I will say this, too, another point that you you brought up with the old regime. If we still had John Paxton and Gar Foreman in that position, I don't see a Chicago Bulls team with Zach Levine. I think, honestly, they, they make a trade like, you know, trade cash out on Zach at the height of his popularity to bring in future first-round picks and mediocre players and give Lowry marketing. That hundred million dollar bag. <laughs> I, I feel like that's something they would have done because Lowry was their guy. I don't think they they cared for Zach too much, and Zach made it pretty apparent that he didn't care for the way that regime ran things. either.
2: yeah, they were they were clowns. But I will say this too: to Aduh's point about Zach Levine going to get in that bag. Now he's eligible for a two hundred thirty five million dollar contract over five years. I mean, how the hell are they going to pull that off? We saw what we did this offseason. We brought on all these big contracts. How are they going to do that one, fellas? Because that, that that's going to be
0: a big contract to fit into that salary cap. I'll say this one thing, Perez. They're going to find a way to do something. whether it means get rid of players, trade them, whatever, Perez. But I think it's probably going to be – he's a big, important piece to what the Bulls is trying to do. So losing an all-star kind of a player like Zach Levine, who was an all-star this past season, and maybe he's going to capitalize on it this coming season as well – you don't want to lose that guy, right? Because right now, the Bulls are on the up right now. They got a lot of hype going on. Two with them are already, Perez. They got the spotlight. And they got some great guys right now playing with them. So you're going to need Zach Levine to be with this team moving forward. So they may have to pay that bag for his and move forward.
1: Two words. And I don't mean suck it. I mean luxury tax. These are just inevitabilities when you're looking at that size of a bag for a player like Zach Levine. Jerry Reinsdorf is going to have to pony up because we're talking contender territory, maybe not this coming year, but in the future, that's where this franchise is headed. So in order to compete for a championship year in and year out, you're going to have to go into that luxury because now we've seen that Chicago isn't attractive enough market for free agents. So similar to what LA did, how they're getting these bargain former All-Stars, that may have to be the route that we have to go in the future to fit his contract on the books.
2: Interesting point, DC, but I want you to remember who the owner of this team is. Jerry Reinsdorf. That man don't believe in paying no luxury tax. I mean, you remember, we used to joke about cash considerations with this team because remember all those trades they would make and the Bulls were getting cash back to offset Jerry Reinsdorf having to pay the luxury tax? So that's the only reason why I look at that. I'm like, you think he going to pay a luxury tax? That man he didn't want to pay
0: Michael Jordan what he deserved. <laughs> Hell of a point there, Perez, about not wanting to pay guys. The White Sox, that organization there, I mean, he's getting bad from that because a lot of those players over there ain't making much at all. So you can go to luxury tax for the Bulls, I would hope, you know? Hey, look, you got a great team. They're doing the right thing. You got a good front office who is making the right moves, man. Hey, if you got to go on luxury tax to make this team competitive like that, go ahead and do it, man. Stop being an asshole with the money.
2: Let's say <laughs> A-A-W. Any, any time you start talking about the White Sox, I perk
0: up. So I'm, I'm going to let that one slide. I'm going to let that one slide. Because <laughs> you know your boy Tim Anderson won the best in the league and he ain't making no money. Well, I mean,
2: it's, it, that's that's relative, man, because they all millionaires. But I get you. <laughs> they, they they get it paid below market value for what their talent says. I get That's you, all brother. I'm saying. You I got me you. then. Okay, cool. We good you. then, brother. We good. Yes, sir. But I'm still, I still watch you though. With that, whenever you talk about starting talking about the White socks, I'm like, oh <laughs> no. I'm keeping it cool today, friends. I'm keeping all it cool, right. my brother. I'm just saying, man. I don't, I don't want no problems with you today, brother. That's all I'm gonna try to tell you. We're gonna be cool and cope aesthetic around here, bro. We'll see. <laughs> see, see, listeners,
1: see. So you I'm telling, telling you. me, Triple A Cubs ain't on deck? Oh, slow <laughs> so down, funny. DC. We, we, oh, we it. I know it's hey. in the atmosphere somewhere. I, I got a feeling Pred's going to pull that one out. The-
0: <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> can't trust him. <laughs> I mean, that's true.
1: <laughs> that's very true. <laughs>
2: Somebody else you can't trust, Larry fucking marketing, he, he wanted out. He got his wish. The Bulls traded him to Cleveland. Fellas, talk to him.
1: Well, first and foremost, to quote the infamous Joaquim Noah, nobody goes on vacation in Cleveland. Who wants? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here, but who wants to go to Cleveland? Lowry marketing. He made this big fuss about the new start and starting over in his career. And look at the situation that he was blessed with. He was drafted, now granted, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but then got traded to the Chicago Bulls, historic mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. Cleveland has been an albatross, other than LeBron James's tenure. That whole franchise is a dark cloud hanging over it. So if, Laurie, if you think you can be the savior of that franchise, good luck. I wish you well. Thank you for your time in Chicago, sir. But I don't see
2: it. Listen. It took LeBron James to take away that MJ shot over Elo. Because that's all when you thought of Cleveland, that's all you thought about. Elo bum ass, Mark Price <laughs> bum ass, and Brad Darty with his weak ass jump shot. That's all you thought about when you thought about the Cavs. So LeBron saved that franchise, but guess what he does? When he leaves these teams, he leaves them in shambles and on fire. Cause that salary cap situation in Cleveland was a fucking hot mess, DC. Sir.
1: Sure, and honestly, if you look at where Larry marketing's career is, and he just got paid, what, around 17 mil? Zach Levine was just making 18, 19 mil. To, so to kind of circle back to that, like, yeah, Zach wants a bigger bag. I don't see Larry marketing getting that max level type contract. But if he is going to get that from anybody that will pay that money foolishly, it is the Cleveland Cavaliers.
2: Listen, they gave Jared Allen $100 million. That's all you need to know about Cleveland.
0: <laughs> right, Exactly, Perez. Good point. If he wants to be in Cleveland, let him go ahead. I can tell this is where he can go and make mistakes and get away with it, Perez. Right now, the Bulls are on a totally different level. Look, we will not have those kind of mistakes we need to make. We want a guy who wants to play, who's going to play with explosiveness, who wants to be there and win, who want to play defense. That's what we got right now. We on a whole different level. For Cleveland, go ahead, man. Take all the shots you want to learn, grow, develop. You feel like you weren't going to get the shots here in Chicago. I totally get it, and you want it out. So do your thing in Cleveland, man. Good luck there, because right now, I think you guys are going to be a great team. Cleveland has a long way to go. Now, I will say this,
2: just to play devil's advocate, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. When you think about that Cleveland Cavaliers squad now, they just drafted the kid Mobley from USC, who I think is going to be a really good player. Jared Allen, I just talked about that. He got $100 I don't know what the hell they were thinking there. But they got Isaac Okoro. Darius Garland and then fucking Colin Sexton, who's a fucking stud, right? So to play Devil's Advocate A dub, they got some young talent on this team. So I wonder,
0: is this a decent situation for Larry? Cleveland jokes aside, like, is this a good spot for him? You know what, Perez? It might be a good spot for him from that standpoint. From a basketball standpoint, it just might be because he gives them something different that they don't have. They don't have a guy who really can shoot it outside like he could probably, you know, if he's developing, become that very good shooter like that. So he could stretch the floor better than some of those guys on the current roster can do. So I mean I I will give him that. It might make sense for him, Perez. So with that, they do got young talent like you talked about, Perez, I give them that. But I think they're just too inexperienced right now to get to that next level.
1: Exactly, A dub. And it's a lateral move in my eyes because the Chicago Bulls had a lot of young talent and he still couldn't break through. So how is he going to outshine Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac O'Cruro when these guys are clearly better talents at this phase of their career than he is. I mean, he's regressed. And then if you look at it, too, he's going to be it, – it, it's possible he could be playing behind Kevin Love. We don't know whether or not they're going to return to if he's going to start. But I, I do hope that Kevin Love teaches that man how to rebound the basketball as a seven-footer.
2: Don't even get me started on Kevin Love. I almost said something. I'm going to be <laughs> nice. But... <laughs> man, don't get friends started. That man has been stealing money for years. But anyway, but what I'm going to say to your point, D.C., that you were going down that that path. Larry Narkin was unhappy here in Chicago because he lost his starting job when the Vooch trade happened and we picked up Daniel Dice. They put uh, – Larry, they had him coming off the bench. And that pissed him off because his role was diminished. He wasn't getting the shot attempts. And he was like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here, right? But now if you look at this Cavs team, to your point, Kevin Love, jared allen evan mobley where is he supposed to be playing with those kind of guys on that on that team yeah
0: i think he's the guy that probably could stretch things he might be that guy he could be the guy come off the bench as well but i think he's probably going to get the minutes with that team and he's going to get the shots but they do play a fast-paced game again he might be to fit in with that that type of unit and plus they gave him a little bag so to go along with it so i know he's probably happy about that as well so i think he feels gonna be the best opportunity for his career Good for him. Again, that's not a lot of expectations when it come out of Cleveland right now, Perez. So, again, he can make a lot of mistakes and still play through all that. But I think right, what he needs to work on, continue to work on, is being a consistent shooter. So that's probably give him a chance to work on that part of his game. Yeah, but does he start? May not.
2: So what was the point? How do you get a fresh start when you're in the same situation that you were in before? So that's why I think the point that D.C. was making, which at first I wasn't really vibing with it, but then I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute, D.C., you're right this was just a fucking lateral move for him. Because all he did is just went from one spot where he didn't have a defined role, so he's going to another team with an undefined role. The only difference is he got the
0: bag. Right. And he might think he's better than what he really is. And so we'll see that. He kind of realized on Chicago, like, look, these a lot of goons in here. I mean, I'll be better than these guys here. Maybe a fresh start in Cleveland. Maybe I'm better than some of those guys there. So we'll see. We'll see Wake Land as far as being be able to play playing time if he's going to start or come off the bench for us. But... That's going to be something to
1: see right there. Well, you know, we've got a Chicago bias on this podcast. So with Chicago in mind, Chicago state of mind, maybe Laurie can't wrap his mind around Chicago. Maybe Laurie was a little too small for Chicago publicity. Mm-hmm. So not every player can play in a market like Chicago. Maybe Cleveland is a smaller, cozier more you know hard working blue collar city uh where they'll appreciate his talents maybe chicago maybe we're a little bit too rough around the edges for larry
0: maybe maybe that's also why lebron didn't come here i wonder <laughs> hey the thing you come to chicago man with this team we have now Perez in dc it's some expectations now can you play with those kind of expectations and one thing we know that a lot of guys can't play under that kind of pressure so to dc point That might be it right there. He may want out. Like, look, I can't perform as well as I want to playing the fifth or sixth guy on this team right now. That's not going to work for me. So he might end up being a third or fourth on that squad there with Cleveland, but that'll be better than what he is in Chicago without having any kind of expectations. Well, I would say this. When Lowry came here,
2: he had a lot of expectations. He was very inconsistent, couldn't stay healthy. Jim Boylan was his coach. He had a lot of things that were going on here. I talked about the Jim Boylan aspect on a couple episodes ago. I'm not going to retrace that. I'm not going to say it was the perfect situation for Lowry. However, last season was his chance to really show what he could do with a new coach. And we still saw the same inconsistent Lowry. So, hey, I wish him well there in Cleveland. Good luck to you. In the words of Joe Kim Noah, if you think Cleveland's cool, good for you. I don't. Fuck Cleveland. I think the Bulls won this trade, though. I mean, I love how they stuck to their guns. Mark Eversley and then AK, they said, if we are to do any sort of a trade with marketing, we got to get a first round draft pick in return. And they said, we have to have a third team involved. And they did that. They got the Portland Blazers involved. We got Derrick Jones Jr. back in the trade. So I thought the Bulls went won this trade. I'm not trying to be biased. I think we want to trade, and I really don't understand what the hell the Cavs deal with this
0: move. I'll let the Cavs figure that out, Perez. But for us, Chicago, I'm happy with Derrick Jones. That is a kid, man, who actually is explosive, to Perez. We've seen this kid jump. He can jump out the gym. He's a willing guy to play defense as well, Perez. So you got a nice guy coming off the bench, man, who can give us valuable minutes. So I like the trade. I like the guy. We got somebody who ain't going to trip about you know, wanting to start or not wanting to start. He willing to do his job and try to get the job done for the Bulls.
1: And more finals experience you're adding that along with uh caruso you know caruso played in that bubble finals along with derrick Jones Jr. so they've got some rapport playing against one another so i just like the way ak and mark eversley are blending the chemistry you look at a couple of usc guys couple of ucla guys a couple of guys that battled in the finals um you know like a couple of uh you know uh, north carolina guys you know it's 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 really interesting, man, to see how this is all coming together. But hats off to them because like you said, Perez, they won this trade hands down. Yeah.
2: Now one thing that I will say, is you know me, I always just gotta I gotta just keep us reined in here. The Derrick Jones Jr. that we're getting in this trade is not the same Derrick Jones Jr. that was on that Miami heat bubble finals team. Cause last year for Portland, he struggled a bit, guys. I don't know if it was just a poor fit he wasn't the same player that he was in Miami. So hopefully Billy Donovan can get him in here and we can get him back to being that player. Because to your point, A-Dub, very explosive player, really good on defense, like you mentioned, D.C. But I didn't see that
0: last season with Portland. Portland's a different situation. They had the coach there that really didn't, you know, people have been advocating for him to get fired for years. But, you know, that's their situation. Um, hopefully with his role in the Chicago, it's probably clearly defined. I don't think in Portland Perez, that his role was that way defined for him or what he would do, what he would bring to that team. I think come Chicago, we got a good plan for him probably going forward. So I'm liking what we see. I like what he have done with Miami, like you mentioned, Perez. And I'm hoping he can get back to that as well.
1: When you live in South Beach, it'll have you winning trophies and (laughs) going hard in the bubble wherever it's just something about that atmosphere something about that culture so the dubs point yeah portland when you go from south beach to portland eh, i don't know i don't know if it's enough motivation i'm pretty sure portland is a good city but yeah it's something about that outside life in 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 south beach that will motivate a player trust me <laughs> so Derek jones bring some of that 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 pat riley culture that south beach swagger up to the windy city and Let's get this championship.
2: Exactly. Now, I'm going to say this. You're right. South Beach is undefeated. But I'm, I'm going to tell both of y'all brothers. I spent some time in Portland, Oregon. Some heat, bro. Some heat. <laughs> they ain't playing like that for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. All right. What's up? I need to book a <vocal> flight. <laughs> Five stars, all right, brother. Baby. Five stars. Yes, <laughs> but one thing, though, that I thought about with this trade with Lowry going to Cleveland was that Now that's a four man that we're down because Derrick Jones, he's not a fit at the four. So now I'm looking at it like, okay I heard rumors that Paul Millsap was on the radar for Eversley and uh, AK, but they got some competition for him now because I heard the Nets were after him. And I think another team, too, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the Golden State Warriors. But those two teams are in in the running for Paul Millsap. But that would be a great because that would be a nice veteran to have on this team to play like the four and the five off the bench. But what
0: do you guys think there about a potential
2: Paul Millsap coming in here? Because then I would feel even
0: better about the move. I would like that Paul Millsap move, Perez. You can always use a veteran, right, who's been through the wars, who knows the game, Perez, got experience in the playoffs. He's been through it. So he played with young guys before, especially playing with Denver. So he knows how it is. He can help get the guys motivated, do the right thing, take care of their bodies and all that stuff. So you need that better leadership on your team. And I've always said that if you are a team that's trying to win Perez, I think every team like that was really trying to win and get a championship should have a veteran squad who can teach them a couple of things.
1: 100%. And if you look at a guy like Paul Millsap, he's been just about in every role that you can be in the national basketball association i mean he's been an all-star he's been coming off the bench he's seen a lot of change and seen the way the game has evolved so when you bring that experience to the table and obviously he's going to be helping younger talent at this phase of his career I can't see it being nothing but positives for guys like Patrick Williams, uh, for guys like Derrick Jones, uh, even for Vucevic. You, you got to think about it. They'll be going up against each other in practice. So just some of that veteran savvy, because we really haven't seen any of that since guys like Adrian Griff and guys like Kirk Thomas was on the Bulls back in the day. And they just got, kind of brought that extra little sauce that you you just can't teach that. You know, it's just like you got to watch, observe, like, ah, I got it. Like, right. just you see- to the trade.
0: Right, and they're okay with playing a limited role in the team. They're not looking to take all the minutes. But what they're looking to do as well is hold these players accountable. And that's what you're looking for in those guys coming in as leaders of the team. Well, fair point, because we are missing that right now, because when we lost to my
2: boy, Thadjic, and listeners, you're going to hear me talk about that a lot this season. He was one of my favorite players on that team the last couple years. But you lose that type of veteran in that locker room, and that's something that I wish that we had on this team right now. But one thing that I did want to say to both of you guys when you have a team like the Brooklyn Nets that are sniffing around Paul Millsap, I mean, is, is what's going to be important to him? Is it going to be important for him to chase a rank? Or is it going to be important for him to be on a team where he can be like a trusted advisor and play a reserve role and maybe go to the playoffs?
0: That's the thing to think about. Right his interest, what's motivating him at this point of his career. Because I think you're right, Perez. He's at a point where he's nearing retirement. So he could think about if he want to still roll with the young guys, or he could decide to go to a veteran team and try to chase a ring. So at this point, a lot of these guys, as you know, Perez, be looking for rings, ring chasing. I'm not sure if Millsap is that kind of a guy, but it wouldn't shock me if he goes to Golden State or the Nets to try to pursue a ring.
1: Yeah, just as long as it's not the L.A. Lakers, because right now they're looking like the 20- 2010 All-Star team. They ain't going to do shit, D.C., I I (laughs) promise you.
2: (laughs) I hope they don't do nothing.
0: (laughs) I bet they won't. (laughs) All I got to say, friends, about the Lakers, man, is, hey, look, Icy Hot on deck, my brother. Icy Hot. Shaq going to make a lot of money this year.
2: Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. (laughs)
0: That whole squad. LeBron probably sleeping in some Icy Hot right now. (laughs) For real, man. Ben Gay on deck, man. Uh, you funny. Y'all funny. <laughs> All right, well. So
2: Nick Foles is someone on this team that we basically said for weeks and weeks that why is he on this roster? Well, he's got a bad contract. The Bears restructured, gave up a fourth round draft pick to get him. Yeah. So Ryan Pace has to write his wrong. So the Bears are right now trying to shop Nick Foles around. Fellas. What are your thoughts on this situation? Because not only are they shopping Nick Foles around, but they're giving Nick Foles input into what team he wants to play on. So that's holding up the trade. And I'm looking at this like, bro, you ain't done nothing on this team to be able to call the shots on where you want to go. So I'm like, Ryan Pace, you fucked up once. Don't fuck up second time by giving this guy
0: (laughs) any sort of input. Prez, when I think about this whole ordeal, man, I don't know why we've been over the for him like this year. I don't know the shift like that between him and Nagy. Apparently, Nagy loves this guy and Pace. They're looking like we want to do the right thing for him, I guess. But, man, as fast as we can get him out of here, that would be great. <laughs> so get him out of here as soon as we can because I don't want to hold it up to any kind of trades. If There's value out there. There are some teams out there that could use a quarterback like him moving forward. You know, the Colts. Maybe, you know, um, one of those New York teams, look, they can use him as well. So, it, it's going to be Interesting point to see what happens. But he has had a very good preseason, you know. He showed he can still play. So I'm hoping we can make a trade as soon as possible, Prez.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing about Nick Foles is he has some value. I mean, he's he's he brings an element to a team that, like we were just talking about with Paul Millsap, you know. Like, he's he's been there. He's been to the mountaintop. But like you said, Prez, I mean, to bend over backwards for this guy is unnecessary. But let let him be Dallas's problem. Let him be Atlanta's problem. You know, we don't really need that right now because there's no place for him to fit on this roster.
2: And how dare he hold this franchise hostage? We have <laughs> experienced enough
0: with what they call him, Big Dick Nick. I, we ain't see nothing Big Dick about him. He ain't do nothing here. <laughs> I'm surprised, man, that this guy still wants to be here and, and take us through this process like this, Perez. You would think he you want to get the hell up out of here right now. Like, let me get up out of here. I want to become a number one, number two somewhere else, you know? I think he has a chance to be a number two on some other team, press second-string quarterback. But come on, man, you need to go through this, this process like this, man, to try to get up out of here. Let the Bears ship you out, and we move on, man. Do your thing. I get it. You got a nice little resume. Career-wise, you won a championship. I understand all that. But that doesn't mean you get to hold us like, like, pray to sin holding us hostage and want to make your own decision around this year. Come on, man, play ball with us. I mean, okay. I know everybody give him credit cause he won a Super Bowl. but I'm going to say
2: something here that I don't think people really thought about when it come to Nick Foles. That man had a good hot four games. He had four games and he finessed that into that $50 million contract with the Jaguars. Anytime they put Nick Foles in a position to be the guy, the number one QB, that man on fucking shit his pants. Right. He has not gotten the job done. And so my point is, why is Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy over here letting this man dictate anything? I don't give a fuck. Where you send this guy? Get him the fuck out of here. They over here talking about we're going to do what's in the best interest of Nick and all this. What about doing what's in the best interest of the Chicago Bears? Fuck Nick Foles. We're trying Bingo. to win. That's the I don't give a fuck. Where you send
0: this guy? Fucking send matter. his ass to fucking Calgary. I don't give a fuck. Get him the fuck off this team. Exactly, Perez. And the thing is, it's just shocking to see them even go this far with it. They have that same sympathy for other players on the team. <laughs> you know, they cuts and things of that nature, Perez, or whatever they want to do, but they take this kind of step by step with Nick Foles like this here, man. Who the hell is Nick Foles to deserve all this? Who is he? He has not Definitely. done anything for the
1: Bears. Trash. That's who he is. There must be a front office spot under the table agreed upon or something in the future for Nick Foles because this is just this is interesting to see a guy getting this kind of treatment
2: and, and I'm about to hit the listeners with something here now Nick Foles getting this treatment where was that treatment for Allen Robinson Y'all can even sit down at the table with Allen Robinson and talk to him about his contract, but y'all want to give all this respect to Nick Foles, who ain't done nothing here. All Allen Robinson's done here in Chicago is put up numbers with weak-ass quarterbacks. He'll put up with fucking terrible offensive schemes from Mad Nagy, and you don't want to show him any respect? Are we going to show all this respect to Nick Foles? I wonder how Allen Robinson feel right now, because that was the first thing I thought about when I heard this, oh, we want to
0: send him to a place that what's best for him. Oh, that's interesting. And the way y'all cut my man Kyle Fuller, I'm still not happy about that. So I'm not happy how they handle certain things and they take this whole thing with care with Nick Foles. I don't get it. You had to cut Kyle Fuller because you have Nick Foles on this roster. So if you don't
2: have Nick Foles on this roster, you wouldn't have had to make that move to cut Kyle Fuller. So right. it all comes back to the same person that I've been talking about for <laughs> fucking months now and it's Ryan Pace. And I know that we gave him a little bit of bail because he drafted up to get Justin Fields. But we still on your bumper, baby. Then we didn't forget all the other shit you done. Justin Fields, hey, we love that. Great.
0: But you done a lot of fuck shit, bro. You a lot of fuck shit. Exactly. Yeah. And you're not going to get away with it with us. We're going to call it out, man, the chance we get. This whole thing you're talking about with Nick Foles, it's just gone too far. We at you that point You should have now. paid A-Rob. You should have paid A-Rob. I
1: don't
0: exactly. I what Heck yeah. That's where the money should have been at right there, Perez, without a doubt. You couldn't even sit down with the man. We want to talk about respect? Fuck we talking about. Dude, this
2: man's a pillar in this community what the hell nick Foles done for the community i ain't seen nick Foles come to the south side i ain't never seen you in the hood nick Foles. but i see they robbing the south side i see they robbing his foundation doing work helping kids get electronics and stuff during the pandemic but that's the guy that we don't want to we don't want that guy back in chicago i just want we, y'all to
0: think about that nick Foles is the guy who couldn't keep his job in chicago and we go on this route for him Remember that's that, Perez? It. He lost his job to Mr. Biscay. You <laughs> lost it. He never got it back. And now Andy Dalton got the job. And then now Justin Fields' second stream. So why are we doing all this for a guy who's not even a guy that's going to play for us at this point?
1: Make it make sense. My man Ryan Pace is over here. Yeah, like you said, Perez, with Justin Fields. He may boil the eggs right, but he burnt the shit out of that toast and that bacon. <laughs> So you know, good breakfast with Ryan Pace in the kitchen. That's all I'm saying.
2: Nah, man. No, sir. No, sir. Now I will say this. Now, A W. You brought up a couple teams. D C. You brought up a couple teams. I think I heard A W. said New York. Nick Foles already said he don't want to go there, and apparently they're listening to where he wants to go. So D C. You brought up the Falcons. That could be a good spot because he'll be behind Matt Ryan. They got a pretty decent team. The thing that opened up to me today was when I saw that Cam Newton got cut. And I right. thought, send his ass to New England. You can't have no problem playing in New England, right? <laughs>
0: Entit- his, his entitled ass could play on that entitled ass franchise. Go ahead. Go. I don't even know. I know they got some bets over that thing. Brian is still over there probably. So we'll see what they do. If Belichick wants him, ship him out right away. Right away. Wait, who'd you say Brian Hoyer? The, where the hell did you pull that name from? Don't ever
2: say that name on this podcast. I will just saying, I think he's over there with Billichick. <laughs> and again, I said, who the hell is Brian Hoyer? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody. Okay. You there said we that, go. You said that with too much confidence. Like, Brian Hoyer? He's about the same Brian Hoyer that was here in Chicago? No. That bomb. <laughs> That bomb. Get him out of here. See, that was my that was my PTSD
0: right there. That's all that was. I'm sorry, all this. Brian Hoyer. And forgive us for calling players bombs. We don't mean it maliciously, but they didn't get the job done in Chicago. That's what Shit. we know. Shit, I meant it. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'll speak for AW that day. <laughs> there you go. ass. <laughs> Call
2: them out, friends. <laughs> you know that's what I'm gonna do. But man, speaking of a team that does not have any bumps because I really ride with this team. Last week, we were saying, hey, what's going to happen with Candace Parker being out? How long is she going to be out? What's going to happen when she returns? What's going to happen with the lineups? Well, fellas, our Chicago Sky has been showing up and showing out as of late, and they're starting to climb back up that playoff standings a little bit there. And Candace Parker's back, and she came back
0: with a vengeance, fellas. Talk to him, Man, Press. I am so excited for our Chicago team. I mean, Perez, they won a three-game winning streak. They've been playing extremely well together. I mean, they played against the Storm, and I'll tell you, Perez, that game was like a playoff game that first game. I mean, they had to dig deep, man, to play hard. And you mentioned that lineup, you know, with Stevens, Candace Parker. Ali quickly got into the lineup. You know, she's been inserted into that lineup as well. And the Shields pretty much been on on the bench. It's been nice, man. been nice seeing these ladies play together, and they've been gelling. I mean, they've been playing very well together, and they've been playing some good defense, too, along with that. So they've been making a lot of noise, man, and I'm happy for this team.
1: Same here, man. And just to see the smack of the down that they put on the storm, man. Like, mm. back-to-back games. That second game, that was impressive. That sent a message. to said, yeah, we got you, and we're going to come back and do it again, another one. And they bombed
2: yes, away from three-point range, didn't they?
1: Yes, sir. And for a WNBA team to put up over 100 points, you know, you got to take your hats off because that means that offense is clicking.
0: Yeah, sure. it was against a good team. I mean, think about it. Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird, I mm. mean, Lloyd, they are all-star team, Perez. That's one of the best teams in, in the WNBA right now that our team crushed. I mean, they could not stop Khalil Copper, you know, um, that first game. I mean, she, she carried the load that game. I mean, going one-on-one, she showed off her talent and skill sets. And then game two, we got hot. Everyone was just knocking down threes. And then Candace Parker pulled out the whole toolkit and said, look, I'm just going to take these young ladies to school out here. And it was a wrap, man. So you're right, um, D.C., that second game, we just crushed them, man. We realized that, hey, we know how to beat them. We got that confidence. And our team now, man, they going to the game today. I hope they knock this out the park as well. One thing, too, to think about, they bombed away
2: on them and that was without Allie Quickly getting in the mix, because you would normally think if they had 15-3, she probably had about four or five of them. She had a quiet right. night. She only had one. So that goes to show you that they had a balanced attack. But also, the lineup changes by Coach Wade. I feel like now he's got players that have a little bit more confidence because they got in there a little bit more. His rotations have been really good. And I like how he's putting people in there. And the point that you made about Diamond DeShields coming off the bench, that defense is something that we already know what she brings to the table, but she was scoring in these games. And that's going right. to be something that if she could continue
0: to do that, this team is going to be really poised to make some noise in the playoffs, guys. Oh, yeah, press They're going to be nice, man. sloop has been doing her thing, man, leading the way. You guys notice noticed what these teams have been doing to Allie. They've been trying to load up on her, man, very well. And I gotta give the coaches that they played against for the storm. She done well, Coach uh, Quinn. She's a very good coach. She's done a good job at putting in X and O's to try to stop our team, trying to slow down Sloot, trying to slow down how we know Ali. And once you do that, Perez, you allow three other girls in that court to do their thing. You got Khalil Copper that they can't stop, and you got Candace Parker that they're gonna uh, struggle with doing as well. And then you got Stevens. She's been doing a good job at getting those hustle plays, Perez, and also knocking down shots. So this has been a balanced team, like you said, Perez. Balanced.
1: Agreed. And to your point, Priz, hats off to Coach Wade. And then I want to, you know, again, I want to shine some light on Stephanie Dolson too, because I know we did, I know we we talked about her doing her thing in the Olympics, but I felt like after that break, she was kind of getting out of the gates a little slow, but moving her to the bench, having her come in, be effective in her role in limited minutes for the most part, but just, you know, again, just letting her work her way back in and figure her way out into this thing. But again, up front, between Stevens and Ed Parker, like that rotation is just clicking right now. So I feel like they're going to carry this wave into the playoffs. I agree as
2: well. And to A-Dub's point that he was making, the Sky have the Phoenix Mercury tonight. Right now, the Sky are down by nine, but it's still early. But I'm going to tell you, that Phoenix Mercury team, you guys are talking about Seattle. That Mercury team is loaded too. because mm-hmm. They got Diana Taurasi. They got fucking Brittany Griner. I mean, we talked about how she was dominating in the Olympics Uh, and then also Skylar Diggins.
0: Shout out to you, Skylar Diggins. So they got a squad. (laughs) They they got a squad. They got got a squad, squad, man. And the thing is, I wonder, I hope our team is not, you know, fatigued from playing against those tough games against the storm. But I know we ran through in that second game, but that's a lot of work going against the storm, man. So come back and play another strong team like that on the road. That's tough. So I hope we can hang in there, press and pull it out, man. I'm hoping for
1: that. Iron sharpens iron, you know, as the old saying goes. And You know, no better way to get prepared for a championship run, like going up against some of the greats. And Brittany Griner, to your point, Chris, she's a cheat code. Diana Taurasi Mm -hmm. from top three. You know, those ladies, they know what they're doing in Phoenix.
2: Yeah, and they're on a six-game winning streak. So, as you mentioned, uh, D.C. Iron does sharpen Iron. And if you look at the standings, listeners, the Mercury are a game and a half ahead of the Chicago Sky right now in playoff seating. So this is a very important game right now. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this as we continue to record tonight.
0: Yes, sir. Great team you're playing against, Press Tarasi Griner. Those two right there are the real deal. They've been doing their things for quite a while now. So tough game. Hope we pull it out. And Skylar Diggins, she was the WNBA uh, Western Conference Player of the Week. So, yeah. so
2: I want to give them some kudos too. But to, to the point that you guys are both making about the Chicago Sky team, I think they're clicking at the right time, guys. And that's what you want. Down the stretch of the season is when you want your team to be playing the best. And that's why I got to salute Coach Wade, because he's done a hell of a job keeping this team together. They've battled injuries throughout this season. You had that Olympic break. You've had Candace Parker, you know, being injured a few times. You know, integrate new players into the mix. So my, right. sh- my shout-out goes out to him. I thought he's done a really good job with this team this season.
0: Coach Wade! Yes, sir, Prince. Coach Wade's been doing his thing, man. To even have the guts, Fred, to change your lineup this late in the season, that shares a lot about you as a coach, that you wouldn't do anything to try to win, and also including making adjustments and those type of adjustments, you know, and, hey, anything to get the win to get the W. So I'm proud of a coach that's wanting to do that, man. That's some Popovich-type um, stuff right there, Fred. That's right. I can rock with that because that's what
2: a coach is supposed to do. That's why I go after Matt Nagy so much. Not to digress, but when a coach is stubborn, isn't willing to make adjustments. It's like, is it about you? Is it about your team? Because Coach Wade, he could have been stubborn, but he wasn't. He looked at this situation and saw like, look, my my big defensive player is out. The anchor of this team is out. I got to get some of these younger players and some of these people on the bench, I got to get them up and I got to get them prepared. And that's what he did. And so that's only going to pay dividends. I mean, we're already seeing it here. These names that you guys are talking about, these are players that had limited roles earlier in the season. Now they're playing prominent spots right now. That's because the coach tapped him on the shoulder and said, Look, I'm coming to you down the
0: stretch. Get ready. Be ready. Absolutely, man. Hell of a coaching job. He can see things that's happening out there. Like if he saw some of those games that our Sky was playing. And you saw how they were loading up on Sloop when she's coming off screen press. You will see two, three people there, right, trying to shadow her to, to, to dictate the passing lane and block down the shots from that standpoint from the passing lanes and knock down those passes. It was like, hey, what are you going to do from that? Because we started turning the ball over. So he made some adjustments and saying, hey, let's rotate the ball the other way and get some one-on-one going, and then we can make some things happen. So you got to give Coach Wade credit, man, for his X and O's and making adjustments like that in-game to help the team win.
1: That's what championships come down to, is how you make those in-game adjustments. Mm -hmm. What are you seeing out there and what lineups are going to get you the end result of a W? And it looks like along the way, he's figuring it out for this particular group of, of young ladies.
2: Oh, absolutely, man. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the outcome of this Mercury game because that's when we get done recording. I'm going to be turning that thing right on to see what they're doing because, it's like I said, that's going to be one of the probably the games of the week in the WNBA. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, A-Dub, on to your Double-A Cubs. <laughs>
1: Double-A, not Triple-A.
2: He's, he's, he's looking out for you, dub I'm looking out for you, man. I'm trying to shoot you some bell. Now, I gave you the double-A designation this week because I feel like the triple-A was putting too much pressure on the team. So I was just trying to just be thoughtful in that. So double-A Cubs. So the Cubs came in to the sale because I call it the sale. I don't call it guaranteed rate. They came into the sale this weekend. The Sox took it two out of three. Now, I will say this, A-Dub. I wasn't gloating about that win. You know why? Because I thought we should have swept y'all. So just winning two out of three, that ain't good enough. So I want to get your thoughts because you guys got some promising young guys that are starting to show some things. That's why I'm calling them the double A Cubs, everyone. Because they got these young guys that nobody's even heard of. But they're, you know, they're playing hard. You know, they're making a name for themselves. These guys look great. They look like
0: they can't buy a beer yet, but they can hit a baseball. So it's all good. So we're gonna roll with it. But hey dub, talk to me. Let's get this whole thing correct. This double A shit, you can cancel all that. All right, brother. <laughs>
2: All right, Don't you, you yeah, listen. All, all that, all that, all that basic, you about to be single
0: up in this ball. <laughs> <laughs> Call those no way, man. So disrespectful, man. And Patty, too, but it's all good. I'm gonna let that go because your team in first place. All right, but anyhow, right. our young right. guys, you know, I like some of the guys we have on this team press. Alec Mills is a guy who can pitch very well. I mean, he pitched a very good game against you all for the Cubs to shut you all out 7 0, right? That second <laughs> game. I'll take that win right there. Not sure how we shut you guys out, but that shows to us that, hey, you guys can't be turning it off and turning it on and think you're going to win games like that. So, lesson learned from you guys. But overall, I like some guys we have on this team who really show some promise. I know you talked about wisdom, that he's old and all that stuff, right? You talked about his age. But hey, 30 to new 20, baby. 30 to new 20. I mean, the birthday boy of the weekend was crushing that ball on your White Sox guys, man. He was lighting it up press So I like wisdom, but I know for the next couple of years he should be a guy that's part of this team moving forward. So I do like some of the things he was doing there, you know? So kudos to him, man. We got Shindell. The guy was doing good as well, Prez. He was doing a great job for us, making some big key hits for us in those games. But man, we came out lightning thunder, giving y'all all what we had, man, from a bat standpoint. So as you can see, some of these guys can hit, Prez, They can hit, man. I hope they can continue to sustain that. But we got some nice young guys here.
1: Yeah, you guys want to have some type of consistency because... You've taken some really embarrassing l's, but you've gotten some impressive dubs too along the way. So, once they can f- figure out how to, you know, bring this this group of young talent together next year, you know, it, you you know, you can have something to cheer for on the North Side. But as of right now, championships are not won in the regular season, so White Sox still in, <laughs> still got Chicago's attention right now. Yeah, and the Cubs even seven zero is is not going to take eyeballs away.
0: No, no, it's not. But like Perez said, you guys should have swept us, man. There's no way this team at the bottom like this should take a game from you guys. At least in my opinion, <laughs> you know, you supposed to win all three, sweep this team. They like the point, like you say, they double A. What you say, Perez? Double A team here, just just sweep yeah, them you, then.
2: But after your little comment, man, I think next week we may have to downgrade it one more time. But I'm I'm thinking on that. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> leave my boys alone though man we, we got some nice really young guys man we even saw our take out there man crushing the ball out there press you saw him hit that grand slam in game too man we working man we're working we're not where you all are right now as, as the white Sox. we know where you guys are you all a championship cover team but we're starting fresh as you already know i'm going to talk about that part starting over but then liking what i'm seeing and then we'll talk probably more later press about our prospects man we're not done there
2: you were talking about the young players on the team. And, and I agree, you know, hey, y'all got a youth movement. The Sox, we've been through that, right? You you have to build the team. You up yeah. slowly and, and all of that. I get all that. But I'm going to have to push back on this patch of wisdom thing. This man is 30 years old and you over here talking about a young team. He's 30 years old. They over here talking about he can win rookie of the year. How the hell is that
0: possible? Look, hey, he a late bloomer, man. Leave that alone, brother. <laughs> late bloomer. But the thing is, he's right now, Press. He's doing a good job right now. Um, who knows when the future going to start when you're rebuilding. That could start two years down the road, maybe three or four. Who knows? And he might be on his way still with the team or might be tr- uh, traded somewhere. Who knows? But at the end of the day, Perez, he's not the only guy that we're looking at, man. There are other guys on this team. You saw Fonzo Revis come out there in game three, man. Take take two hits off um the OCs. So, look, we got some other guys, Perez, you know, that we're bringing up, man, from the minor leagues to come and show you guys some things. So keep an eye on that. There's some other kids out there that can
2: play. Uh, That's interesting that you brought up Dylan Cease's name. Audience, if you guys will remember, he's a former Chicago Cub that we fleeced from them in a trade, along with Eloy Jimenez. So thank you for bringing up that name because Dylan Cease has been dealing. So I know you guys got a little couple hits off him, but Dylan Cease still got that dub.
0: Yeah, he did. He did. He still I mean, got that, though. He did. He deserved it. matter of fact, he deserved He pitched well, Press Gave us six solid innings. We had about 10, 11 strikeouts, too. So he got the outs he needed to win that game. So I got no issues with the guy. He can pitch. You got yeah, a good neither, one from us. Neither do I.
2: I got no issues. Every time I see him there, I just smile. I, I smile and laugh all the way. I'm like, ooh, they thought they was doing something when we traded them Kentana.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that one, man. That's a, that's a tough one that Theo did. Uh, that hurts, too. That hurts. We gave you guys two good ones, man. Eloy and him. So Mm -hmm. that hurts badly. But I will
2: say this, man. Audience, I'm not a Cubs hater. I'm not. I'm really not. But I had to listen to a lot of bullshit. And DC can attest to this. I had to listen to a lot of bullshit from Cubs fans over the years. When they had that little win in 2016... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and these people running around acting like they never won nothing in their life. And I'm looking at the people, and I'm like, you just happy because you're a loser of life. So, yeah, I'll let you have this. You got to win at something. But my point is, my team, I'm taking it in stride. I'm happy about it. But we've been there before. We've won before. So I'm just enjoying it. But I'm going to see how this thing plays out. So I'm just going to sit back. I got my popcorn, like DC always jokes about with the Michael Jackson gif in, in, in the theater. That's me right now. I'm just smiling, eating my popcorn. And just
0: watching my boys play. Maybe right. you all cool and collected, chilling, but you don't speak for all these White Sox fans <laughs> because they can get rowdy. I saw how they got rowdy in game three, you know, when you all played it. The fight broke out in the stands, you know. Yeah, we saw a lot of White Sox fans out there throwing hands. You guys can't take winning. You still want to fight Cub fans, you know. What that's all about, Press. Come on, man. I'm not talking you know, about you, Press. talking about the fan base now, all right? Now, what I was going to say about that.
2: When you come to the south side, it's a whole different ball game over there. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> some things you can get away with in the bleachers at Wrigley Field, but some things you ain't getting away with in the bleachers
0: at the center. <laughs> Not at all, man. Not at all. I know. Not at all.
1: And What's I want this? To say this, too. The Chicago White Sox faithful fan base has been tired of the last hundred or so years of the Chicago Cubs being the conversation mm-hmm. the story in sports the marquee no pun intended marquee wow. sports name as, as it refers to baseball in chicago when no we got a team on the south side too and we won a world series before the Cubs. but For yet sure. we don't get any shine so so dc's point that's
2: what you're hearing so you're hearing the fact that we just want some respect put on our team's name put some respect on that south side Put some respect on TA and his legs. Put some respect on all that shit. Cause people's coming for you, uh, a dub in the in the comments about your about the rest of the TA's legs. And they were like, hey, listen, don't worry about that. Cause when the playoffs come, <laughs> TA gonna
0: be right. Yeah, wrecked. yeah, yeah. Like I said before, man, Y'all can low manage them out. Go ahead, do y'all thing. I ain't mad at you. Y'all got the, y'all got the lead to do it with. So do what you all gotta do. You mentioned uh-huh. about respect on you guys' name. I put respect on you guys' name plenty of times, man. I think the fan base have done the same thing as well, Perez. As you can see in some of these games, the Cubs are not selling out like they used to sell out, right? Since you guys won in 05, that changed the whole scope in Chicago landscape when it came down to fans and expectations for Chicago teams. So, at least baseball-wise. As you can see now, you look at some of these Cubs games, you don't see a lot of fans there because they realize the team is not doing so well. But you look at the sale, right? Like Perez is saying, they pretty much got sold-out games now, man. So You can see how the fan base is starting to show, you know, their appreciation for winning. And that's a good thing as well.
2: Totally fair. Totally fair. I don't know. I'm still with DC on that whole thing. I just think that we're tired of being uh, the stepbrother in in the scenario, you know, and here it is. Like, shit, we matter too. And that's why I got my chest poked out. And to them uh, Cubs fans that came over there with that bullshit in them them bleachers, I hope y'all learned y'all lesson. Because I saw them videos, man. That did not look good. My Lord, that didn't look good.
1: <laughs> no, they look good, to man. Commentate on that? Can we get uh Dave Chappelle to commentate on that? Because that's probably more entertaining than Woodley and Paul right there. I mean, I yeah. hope nobody got seriously hurt, but you know, these these are all jokes, guys.
2: These are definitely jokes. But to the point that you was making though, I did see some solid shots get landed. I ain't seen no solid shots in that Paul Willie fight except for that
0: one. <laughs> so. No, you did not, man. we hit on the head though, man. That really makes sense. Is around TA in general, man. I think a guy like that kid, man, is one of the best baseball players in the MLB. That kid deserves whatever rest you guys give him, man. But he comes out there and plays his butts off, man. Even against the Cubs, you saw, I was like, man, this kid's on a whole nother level, man. And for me, as a baseball fan, I love players like that who give it their all and shine, to under the bright lights, man. So I think you all got to steal with that. I still think he's underpaid because this guy is worth more than what you all paying him at this point. That's the kid that I'm proud of, Fred. So if any of those guys you have on your team, that's the one I root for the most, and I want to see him continue to do well because he's putting it out there every time he plays. Well, I mean, let's just be
2: honest. This type of things that that's going on with the team, like these little aches and pains, when you're playing baseball in October, you're playing through that. But right now, what's the point of pushing them? You know, so right. The one thing that I do like about Tony Russo, and that's why it's great that we have a veteran. Manager on this team is because he knows how to manage these guys, and, and as you said, low manage these guys. Whatever terminology we want to use, yeah. he knows how to maximize these guys. We have a deep enough roster that you can give a guy like Ta a couple of days off. You could give Johan Mankata a couple of days off. You could give Lewis Robert a couple of days off. Jimenez. I don't mean to flex right now, but I'm just saying we got so many guys on this roster. We could give all these guys a day off, and yeah. we'll still be fine. But so. My point, though, that I wanted to say about that is, just clearly, we're playing for a World Series. We're playing to go deep into the playoffs. We have a 10-game lead right now, and so we have a little bit of flexibility to get people right.
0: That's true. And the other factor with that, Perez, is that your team also faced a lot of injuries early on. So you want to get everybody back healthy. You don't want to face any more injuries moving forward. So that I totally get. You don't want Tim Edison pulling the hamstring late, like, whoa, now we can't have him for October, right? Because of their reason. So I like the precautionary they're doing with it. I know I joke about the guy all the time because the low mass part of it, but these, these, are You You got the guys who've earned that time frame. And when you get a big lead like that in your division, you earn that privilege. So why not take advantage of that? So I think Tony LaRusso is doing a good job at managing these guys' health at the same time.
1: Yeah, I was questionable about the Tony LaRusso move, I'll be honest, when I first heard about it. But experience is starting to pay off. So, you know, I stand corrected, in my opinion, on that hiring. You got to do what's best for the team. Like you said, Perez, you know, not trying to come across as cocky because we just got it like that. But you know, when you do got it like that, you know how to how to to play things out smart. You know how to be strategic about it. So yeah, hats off to Tony Larusa. He's managing this thing the right way.
2: He really is. And the last point that I got when it comes to the Chicago White Sox is they released the odds for teams that they you know think can contend for the World Series, and the Sox had the third best odds to win the World Series. Now, I will tell our listeners in on a little something. I made a $1,000 bet earlier in the season the White Sox will win the World Series. The odds at that time were 1,100. So just do the math. Right now, the odds are plus 650. So still pretty nice little return for whoever bets on the White Sox to, to win the World Series. But those odds right now are getting lesser and lesser. And when that happens, that means that there's more money that Vegas is putting on the White Sox and now if the money's going on the White Sox, and that means that a lot of people are starting to believe in this White Sox train. And I'm telling you, it gets me more excited for that bet that I got to sit there. I go and look at it on FanDuel every other
0: day just to make
1: sure they don't <laughs> do
2: nothing fucked up with it. I'm like, no. I, don't <laughs> <get
0: it." laughs> I hear your friends, man. Good luck with that bet, brother. You all got the right team to do it with. You got the pitching, you got the hitters, man, and they all look hungry, too, so... I'm not mad at you for putting that money up there, man. You, you make some good bets, you know. And, um, you know, if you guys win all this year, hey, I tip my health to you guys. But be grateful you got a great team that you're putting out there. Great product.
2: Now, I will also say this, hey dub If that bet pops, you and I, we're going to be in Vegas at that time for the Bears-Raiders game. So if you see me fucking wilding out at the club, popping bottles, you'll know what the hell is going on. Shit, get me a drink, brother. <laughs> well, shit, what you think? What you think? Right, we exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna have I'm a great one the, out there. I'm like, hey, then what you think all these bottles is for? Better get a damn drink. Come on, now. exactly. About? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'll have to stay off the gram and all that shit, too, because that will not be televised, listeners. That will not be televised. If that white socks bet all. hits, if that, that white socks bet hits and the white socks win the world series. Man, ain't nobody gonna be able to talk to me for a whole straight week. This is gonna be just ridiculous, just ridiculous.
1: We call that ejected because that's too automatic, flagrant, right there. You gonna oh. be
2: flagrant, oh. just ignorant, bro.
0: <laughs> man, man, man. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> hey, y'all might have to mute my mic. <laughs> like that's enough, friends. That's
1: enough.
0: <laughs> man. Oh, shit. Y'all crack me
2: up, man. But listen, audience, <laughs> we're in final segment time. If this city could talk. And so A-Dub kind of touched on the my if this city could talk. So I'm going to change it up just slightly a little bit. So if this city could talk, it would tell people at sporting events, whether you had a Sots game, a Bears game, a Bulls game, can we knock it off with the wave? I I just want to watch the game. I don't want to be jumping up and doing the wave. So Apparently, what happened in that brawl is that somebody was trying to start the wave and they told the girl to sit her ass down because nobody wanted to do that shit. And she started talking some shit. A beer got thrown in her face and then, you know, all hell broke loose from there. So the silver lining that I took from that is obviously there's some people in this world that don't know how to behave. But then there's also people that come to these games and they want to do the wave. I don't want to do the wave. I just want to watch the game, cheer for my team, and go home with that dub. So if this city could talk, It will say,
0: stop doing the wave at these sporting events. Hey, fair enough, friends. Stop the wave. If this city can talk, it will say thank you to Lori Lightfoot and the Chicago Transit Authority for allowing our kids to take a free ride on the first day of school again. That's a big deal. When they come out to Chicago, we want to have all our kids get to school, go to school, get a good education, and not have any issues with transportation trying to get there. So I've always appreciated those kind of things that our city have done. Again, this is a win for our city, and hopefully all the kids showed up, along with the parents, because the parents also got free rides as well. So salute to my city for that initiative.
1: Big salute. Good job, Pantsuit Lori. Good job. You know we love you, Lori, on this podcast. Shit. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Now, for my, if, if this city could talk, it's no secret, five-star is what I identify with. You know, you see me in the streets, you know, hey, five-star, what up? I will respond. So, with that being said, I drive for Lyft. And this morning, I heard some unfortunate news that a couple of rideshare drivers were tased and had their cars stolen. Carjacking is whack. Tasing innocent people is whack. There's no place for that in this city, in any city, on Earth, the galaxy, the cosmos. We can go far with this. There's no place for that kind of behavior. So if that's you and you think that's cool, that's fun to go hurt innocent people and steal cars and, you know, think everything's all right, well, you're sadly mistaken, and I hope I seriously hope that you correct that, that attitude and that mentality because what goes around comes around. I'm not trying to incite any violence, but just know that we are all one. We are all connected. So you do something to hurt somebody, somebody gonna do something to hurt you. That's just how this thing goes. So take care of each other out there. Get to your destination safely, especially the ride to your drivers. Be safe out in these streets. Passengers, be safe out in these streets. And look at each other as though your five stars. Start at five. Don't start at one and work your way up. Start at five. Give give the other person a benefit of the doubt. Mm. I,
2: listen, do you see that? That was well said. Hey, man, be safe out there, brother. Because I've always thought about that with you when you're out there because I've heard a lot of these stories with the different rideshare drivers, how people will call these fake rides and stuff. So just keep your head on the sofa out there, bro. And uh, A-Dub, I love yours, man, because Mary Lightfoot, she gets a lot of uh, hate her way, but I love the fact, man, that we helping these shorties get to class and get to school. There's a lot of these parents in these inner cities that they struggled. They got hit during the pandemic. So just little gestures like that, whether it's transportation, whether it's lunches for these kids, all of that stuff helps them safely get to school and get back home from school. And I think that that shit matters. So, man, I appreciate y'all, brothers, D.C. Stay safe. Listeners, don't forget to follow us on our exclusive community at Crave It. You can find that on Apple and Android applications, and we are out. DC,
1: gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT. You asked all my teammates. The one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do.
2: I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I
1: played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.